Today on CityCast Denver. Governor Polis had his Oprah moment Monday when he announced that you get a vaccine and you get a vaccine and everyone gets vaccines. Anybody can access uh, the life-saving, highly effective, safe vaccine starting this Friday, April 2nd. But what does that mean for the disability community who have been waiting for months to get vaccinated? It's already hard enough for people to get an appointment because there are so many people in this category. I just imagine now that it's open to the general public, it's going to be impossible. Today is March 31st, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Let's take a look at the news. If there's anything I love to talk about, it's civic engagement. And I mean that with zero sarcasm. Today, RTD is holding its second day of virtual community meetings about potential service changes coming in June. And with more than two dozen bus and light rail routes potentially impacted, now is the time to make your voice heard about transit. Visit rtd-denver.com for more information or check out our newsletter for links. Renters in Colorado will get some relief as the federal ban on evictions has been extended to June 30th. And with a backlog of more than 20,000 people looking for rental assistance, it is clear that Colorado renters need this support now more than ever. If you need some of that help, hit up the Colorado Department of Local Affairs. And hey, here's some good news. Both Red Rocks and Elitches are back. Red Rocks is hosting its first show since the pandemic on April 23rd, and Elitches is opening the next day. Both are going to be limited capacity, but still, new normal, here we come. We've got plenty more news you should know in our newsletter, which you can subscribe to for free at citycast.fm forward slash Denver. For many of us, making a vaccine appointment is tedious. You have to look at different websites. You have to drive far away. You have to wait in line. But for some, it's impossible. I've been concerned about my friends with disabilities. Hearing their stories about trying to get appointments, it's been a fiasco. And then Governor Polis announced that starting on Friday, everyone will be eligible for the vaccine. So what does this mean for our disability community? Wow, look at your setup. Oh, my laundry room or my microphone? Both. <laughs> <laughs> I took the bras that were hanging down for you, so you don't have to see them. Damn it. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> My friend, Rosemary McDonnell Harita, is an advocate and member of the disability community. She was also part of Governor Polis's health equity response team, which provided recommendations for the vaccine rollout in Colorado. I think I want to start this conversation with your own experience. Um, first of all, have you gotten the vaccine? I have. I got my first shot last Monday, the 22nd. Congratulations. Yay. Thank you. Was that it? What sort of, what was the process like for getting the vaccine for you? Ooh, um, I tried really, really hard to find the vaccine through lots of different avenues. I went on the Colorado public health website and was stalking, you know, Walgreens and Safeway and all the other places. Um, and I figured, okay, since I have, you know, connections at Denver Health, I also have connections at university. One of my many doctors should be able to get me in somehow. And by connections, you just mean the doctors that you see. Yeah, my whole care team that I sure. have accumulated here in Denver. <laughs> but 
they weren't budging and I would click all of the right boxes to say that I'm eligible and they would say, great, you're on a wait list. And, you know, for a long time, it was just the 1B3 category, which said that you have to have two or more chronic health conditions. And they decided which health conditions were priorities and which ones were not. But yeah, it's, I still feel like, it's, is it real? Did I, did I actually get an appointment? Like Because you've been trying for months, right? For so long. Kind of going back to that, the two or more conditions, I was a little thrown by that requirement, two or more health conditions. So one, disability is not enough? Like, what did that look like for the disability community or someone like you with a disability? Right. The the two were, you know, either obesity, cancer, pregnancy, COPD, some heart condition. I think Down syndrome might have been on the list and a few others I can't remember. But it was ta- it was mostly people who would have been negatively impacted, I'm assuming, by COVID based on the studies that they've done. Mm-hmm. But you know, for me, I have a bone condition. I also have scoliosis. I have underdeveloped lungs. I have a history of pneumonia and bronchitis and being hospitalized for that. Right. I, so I was like, which of the many things that I have would qualify me? And none of them came up on the list. And I think it's it's similar to, you know, the private health insurance companies making these decisions about people's bodies that are so disconnected from the actual medical experiences that people are having or the symptoms. And these state officials or people who are disconnected from the science of it make these decisions and say, okay, these numbers of people qualify and these ones don't. Um, And it's all just bullshit. Right. Well, I mean, I think about when the the things that you just listed, none of my friends with disabilities would fall into those categories. And yet we've been at home for the last year because we were afraid of getting COVID and having, you know, doctors decide we don't have enough ventilators to keep you alive and you don't have a good enough quality of life because you are disabled. And so we are going to allocate our care to somebody else who does have a higher quality of life. So yeah, I, I was really frustrated when I saw those and realized that I didn't qualify under the state's decision of who gets the vaccine first. And, and I know you noticed that friends with disabilities were starting to get vaccines, but they weren't necessarily getting those vaccines because they were disabled. Right. A lot of the people I know who got their vaccine and are disabled was from their job. They're either educators or work for the state or work for a nonprofit, which is great. And I think that they should be prioritized. And I don't think that getting vaccine or getting any access to healthcare should be tied to employment. Especially for the disability community, because we know it's a highly underemployed segment of our community. So last year, you were on one of the governor's pandemic response committees. Yes. Can you talk about what your role was there? So the health equity response team was a group of different advocates and nonprofits who prioritized 
Black, Indigenous, people of color, or other marginalized communities in the Colorado area. And at the end of our time together, we started to look at, okay, what does vaccine rollout look like if we ever get to that point? Um, And we had some conversations about who would be prioritized, and those would be farm workers, meatpackers, essential workers, postal workers, um, but we also had a lot of conversations about specific black and brown communities having access to vaccines or how people with disabilities are going to get access to a vaccine if you have to have a car to mm. be able to get to the vaccination sites. Um, and how do you quantify who is disabled and who is not disabled and who is a care worker and who is not? So it was a lot of the state trying to reach more local grassroots communities to have those conversations. But speaking for myself, as someone who was on that committee, it felt really frustrating because we would come up with these suggestions and recommendations of what our community needs and what we wanted to see happen. And then the state would say, oh, well, we've already made our decisions, so thank you for your time, but we are going to wrap up this committee in October because we don't need your work anymore. I was going to say, do you feel like that was reflected in how the rollout ended up happening? I think so. And I think, you know, Colorado still did a better job than some other states where there are still people with disabilities who don't have access and we're already into the end of March. So, you know, I, as critical as I am of Colorado, I know that we still are doing better and people have had access. So I don't want to say that Colorado hasn't done any good, but I think there's always room for improvement. So the governor announced on Monday that the state is moving to phase two with vaccines, which means everybody can get them. Um, I wonder how you feel about that at this point in time with the community work you've been doing around vaccinations. And if you still feel like folks with disabilities are going to be under vaccinated. I think so. I We just got the announcement on March 19th that people with disabilities in the 1B4 category would qualify. And that's not nearly enough time to get those folks vaccinated by the time everyone else gets to it. Oh, so you're saying there's going to be like an overload versus that little bit of time frame window where there might have been more folks with disabilities have that opportunity before the general public just goes right in. Correct. So now I'm like, it's already hard enough for people to get an appointment because there are so many people in this category. I just imagine now that it's open to the general public, anyone over the age of 16, it's going to be impossible to try and get um, an appointment or getting scheduled. And then thinking about the different logistics that it takes for people with disabilities to get to a vaccine appointment, whether it's... um, scheduling transportation through Accessoride or asking a family friend or someone close to you to be able to drive you to your appointment if you have access to a car. Um, You know, thinking about some of those logistics and how you have to plan ahead. But a lot of these vaccines are like, okay, we have an appointment today at 2.15. Can you come in? And you're scrambling. Like if If you have a car and you can just get in and drive, 
great. But if you need care attendance and if you have accessoride and you need to figure out the rest of your day, it's not as easy. And fun fact, a lot of these vaccine booking appointment websites are not accessible for people who are blind or low vision. So as I'm sitting here stalking all these websites trying to get an appointment, one of my friends said that he had to wait on hold and ask, he's like, I got tired of waiting on hold. So I asked another friend that I could trust with my healthcare information to go online and book it for me because I couldn't do it myself. Because the websites are not accessible. Mm-hmm. This is conversation is helpful for me to fully understand access. Like this isn't just about who's in line for the vaccine. It's can you get in line? Exactly. Um, so Denver just started a program that brings vaccines to people's homes if you're unable to leave for health and safety reasons. This seems like it could solve part of these problems, but I'm still wondering if this covers people who can't get to the vaccine site because of transportation. Yeah, I was reading about that a little bit more this morning, and I think it works, and I was thinking about the people that it would benefit, specifically that I know in Denver. Yeah. And I think it's important, and I also know a lot of people with disabilities who can't afford to live in the city limits of Denver anymore. Good point. And so if if I wanted that, and it also said that it would cover, you know, whoever your caretaker is at home, um, that's great. But a lot of Crips can't afford to live in Denver anymore. We're living in, in Wheat Ridge, right. Ridge, Lakewood, Arvada, Aurora. Um, so what does that mean? And why is it just Denver? And, mm. and how is it limiting so many people, especially in rural areas, who don't, definitely don't have access to specific transportation that they might need? I think it would be really great for our community. But my question is, why just Denver? Yeah. No, you make, you make a good point, too, because so many so many of us have moved out of the city proper and not necessarily by choice. But then it becomes, oh, you're not in this municipality, so you don't have access. Another barrier, basically. Well, Rosemary, this has been so wonderful. Thank you for talking with me, always. Thank you. It's always so fun. On that last point, we did some research on at-home vaccine appointments in Wheat Ridge, Lakewood, Arvada, and Aurora, and we found one provider, Bloom Healthcare, that's offering at-home appointments. We'll include a link to their site in the show notes. We also reached out to the state for comment on whether people from phase 1B4 will have any special access to vaccine appointments come Friday. A spokesperson told us that, quote, as we move through phases, people in previous phases remain eligible, and we encourage our providers and partners to continue to prioritize the most vulnerable. They didn't offer any additional details on how their providers and partners are going to be doing that. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our wonderful morning newsletter. We'll be back on Friday with more news from around the city. I feel like a robot. Let's take a look at the news.